0: This is Dave Sweezy with BMW Motorcycles of Seattle, and you are listening to The Sound Rider Show.
1: And now live from the Crow's Nest studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts... Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today.
2: Fellow riders, welcome to the Sound Rider Show, show number 1512. December. Christmas is here, Tom, and I know we've got lots of great things to talk about in regards to motorcycling here in the Pacific Northwest. We're talking about some great holiday products. We're talking about winter riding. We've got some great tips in the News Bites column. All kinds of great stuff going on, but what's on your mind? What's been happening?
0: Uh, winter riding.
2: Winter riding, yeah. yeah. Thinking
0: you? about winter riding. Sure. Um you put the post up the other day you you uh linked back to the article I did in October on the hydrotherapy touring. That's right, yeah. And a great uh, article, I might add. Well thank you. Yeah. I, I enjoyed doing it, and uh, I wish I was in those pools every day between eight and nine and five and six, like I was.
2: We should do a broadcast from those pools. I think that would be great. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: with With any writers who want to join us, that's right. Yeah, yeah we've got we've got all the right microphones, They're all <laughs> waterproof, and. Uh, so uh, so I got, I got a little concerned when I saw that post because I thought, well, Derek's inciting everybody to go out and find a hot pool and ride to it, and uh, we got some icy roads out here.
2: Well, we did have some sunny days, though. That's, what's, that's what inspired the post originally, some really nice, clear days. But I know we talked a little bit off air, but let's bring this on air here. What was your concern with, uh, and particularly on those sunny days? Because, I mean, we're talking clear skies and, like, 45 yeah. degrees. So. Yeah. Clear mm-hmm.
0: skies, 45 degrees. Right. Only problem is is to get to some of those places, you need to go up in elevation. Sure. Uh, even if you were going to go ride around the Olympic Peninsula, on a clear sky, 45 degrees in Seattle, it could have only gotten to maybe thirty-seven, thirty-eight out on the Olympic Peninsula. Right. Now, the problem in the Pacific Northwest, and I know you remember this probably from Michigan, but you didn't ride that much when you lived there, That's right? true. That's true, yeah. All right. So here's the problem. The sun only gets up to a certain level in the sky. And then it doesn't ever hit the asphalt. So if you go right around Lake Crescent or any any road that has tree coverage, even right here in Seattle, if you go down to Carkeek Park, the sun never hits the road in the dead of winter. Right. And so what happens is the road is cold from the night before and it's retaining the ice, sure. Even and if it's moisture, forty yeah. degrees out there, yes. So, so if, if I'm a little concerned, if we send somebody off, oh God, you know, I want to want to do the things that soundwriter tells me to do. Right. I want to go to those places, and it is cold, and I want to do it, and I send them a thank you letter, and, yeah. and all of a sudden, the guy hits a corner, a bump.
2: Sure. Well, so, I think you bring up you bring up a very legitimate point. I would say, uh, first of all, before I uh, get into those legitimate points. Let me explain sort of my thinking behind that. One is, of course, you know, I never – we never want to overly coddle people, right? So we want – I mean people who are going to ride in the winter time, they should do their due diligence. Even in the summertime, you should do your due, your due diligence. If you're going to go on an adventure ride or a long tour, bring the right gear and all that kind of stuff. And Always do And check the road conditions. And check the road conditions, yeah. right? So and- that, that goes without saying, I think. But I think you are right in bringing up a point about uh, particularly the shaded – uh, portions of the road, in that yeah, we got a lot something. of tall trees
0: here. Yeah. So, like you know, one one place comes to mind if I go say down to Ravensdale. Yeah, there's some great roads down there. Mm-hmm. But they they on on the, the east west sides of them. They don't get any sunshine. Yeah, so that's
2: absolutely true. And you know, I think maybe that actually might be a uh, kind of a good thing to maybe revisit in the magazine is some mm-hmm. winter riding hazards to keep your eye out for, because both you and I do ride in the wintertime. We have a lot. We do. Of, we do have a lot of people who listen who ride in the wintertime. And those conditions, particularly on sunny days and that kind of thing, are something to be aware of but shouldn't necessarily be something that prevents you from getting out there and enjoying your motorcycle.
0: No, and um, you had mentioned that uh, over the Thanksgiving break you had been out riding on those sunny days, but it was mostly commuting the city. That's right. And in the city, we're salting all the roads sure. and making it right. Uh, but as soon as you get out into the, the backwoods, um, you know whether you live in Portland and you want to go up to Verone, Vernonia, yeah. uh, whatever. Right now it would be a spooky road. That road's got so many tall trees right. on it up to Vernonia. Yeah, but I love to go up there to the Blue House and mm-hmm. get lunch. And so,
2: um, well, then again, though, depending on the uh, the year, March and April can present some hazards too. Even still, well into the springtime, right? Absolutely. So, absolutely. so it's. I think that goes back to kind of the general. The general point, I think, that we're trying to make is to always check the road conditions, always be prepared and that kind of thing. But I do, you know, I understand where you're coming from there. With that said, when I see some sunshine, uh, you know, I told some guys uh, who saw me with my helmet and my leather jacket on. They said, you're riding in this weather? It was like 40 degrees. And I said, hey, sun's out. I'm out. So
0: Were you testing some uh, heated gear?
2: uh, You know, I haven't had a chance to do that, though. I will say, that not the heated part anyway, but I did have some nice uh, leather gloves that I uh, wore from our friends over at – gordon's heated clothing so
0: okay yeah. and were those heated do you have uh, the heat on
2: they are the heated ones i just haven't had a chance to install them okay yet, so that's
0: your winter project that's now, one of them yeah you gotta hook that pigtail up to the battery
2: i gotta yeah i gotta make sure that uh, the old dr 350 can handle it there
0: well you know i did that winter project where i got that chain replaced yeah and i had a great time doing that with jesse and I, we gotta have jesse on the show Jesse's awesome yeah um so then uh i walked out or my neighbor called me and he says hey tom uh one of your bikes just dumped all the fuel, really I'm like, what, yeah, and so that's my next winter project. i got to figure out what happened in the fuel line, where it happened, and why it dumped a gallon and a half of fuel out on my garage so floor
2: from the fuel line, do you think from the tank, or
0: well, I know it stopped when I closed the uh petcock, yeah okay so somewhere between the carburetor and the the pet cock.
2: and you think a gallon and a half too, huh?
0: Well, I keep the bikes. You know, I fill the tanks all the way up. Right in the winter, well, that makes so sense. So yeah. there's no air. No that's ice, a, yeah, you know that That's kind of stuff. if 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 you're if you're just getting around to the first time. Uh, I'm speaking to the riders now. Of course, uh, seasoned riders know that when you put your bike away for the winter, you fill that tank all the way to the top. That way, you won't get any rust inside the tank. But Which if is, you park yeah. the bike with a half a tank, you're going to chance that some moisture is going to be in there, and it's going to condense and become rust, and that's not pretty.
2: So let's talk about because that's one of those general tips. What other tips do you have for people who maybe uh, you know will give the bike a break for three or four months other than filling up the gas tank? What else do you usually do to kind of shut it down? Well, not just that, not just people who don't ride maybe during the winter, but guys like yourself who have four bikes who can't possibly ride them all. Ride the winter. Them all. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> get them on a battery charger or a battery conditioner. Once a month at least. Um, if you can get the wheels up off the ground, it just keeps the rubber healthier. It's sure. not a big deal, though. That's one yeah. of those little microscopic things.
2: But if you have the space in the garage to do it in, right? Yeah. I think it's always good. Always nice to maybe get an oil change in, too, right? If you do get a sunny day, go get that uh, engine heated up a little bit and uh, some of that sediment floating around and drain yeah. that out. So, Yeah.
0: Some people will say change the oil before. You store the bike, sure. and then change it when you pull it out in the spring. Yeah, and get all that all all that four month old cold oil sure. out of there. I, I think there. that's one of those microscopic things. Too. Might just be a little overkill,
2: you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, or just go out and ride them, right?
0: Yeah, There's exactly. That, yeah. But, but like you say, when you got five bikes, you know, I'm going to ride two yeah. in the winter. That's for sure, and then no more. So the, all the dual sports just stay. Yeah. Over in the corner. No, we, Street bikes get used here and there.
2: Right. You stick with the uh, NC700X and the uh, scooter? Is that, uh, Yeah. Those are the two for yeah. the wintertime? The scooter
0: yeah. is due. It's overdue for a ride. Sure. So I'm going to have to go through that thing real closely before I ride it because... Probably those tires need some air. Right. And uh, that battery probably needs to get conditioned one time before I take it out. Sure. So, all that stuff that, you know, all of a sudden you don't want to wind up, uh, you know, if you live in Seattle, you don't want to wind up out in Darrington with a dead battery.
2: That is true. I would (laughs) certainly agree with that. And you don't want to end up uh, out in Darrington uh, maybe during Christmas time, which is coming up here just around the corner, right? And speaking of that time of year, maybe you take that dual sport out, get your saddlebags, and do a little Christmas shopping on it we got some interesting products coming out here, and not just in the Pacific Northwest, but also throughout the entire motorcycling world. Have you seen anything new that uh, might be on your gift list for somebody or for yourself even this year?
0: I think we're going to do a whole section on that.
2: Oh, we're coming up on that later. Yeah. Okay. I thought we yeah. were going to bleed that into the beginning uh, Oh, no, no, the no, beginning no. That's going to be,
0: that's be our, our long deal here. Well, stay tuned for a teaser on that. Yeah. So uh, here's another thing, though. I know a lot of guys who ride like to shoot. Yeah. Photography. Mm -hmm. And I was talking earlier about the sun being low. Sure. And uh, I had a blast yesterday with three of my friends going over to Discovery Park with my camera. Nice. And we went over at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because the sun sets about 4 right now. Right. And it will soon be setting at 3. Um, Short days here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh man, Northwest. we got yeah. we got all the great light, all the golden hour yeah. type light, and uh, uh, all the perfect shadows. And then I took the pictures home, put them in a, in a digital darkroom, and had some fun with them. And I came up with a dozen really nice photographs. Nice. So uh, you know. I, you may not be able to ride right now, but you can exercise some of your other passions in the winter. Even yeah. when you don't think much about it, this is an awesome time to photograph in the Pacific Northwest.
2: Well, and also that's a good time. It's a short ride here if you do live in Seattle, Discovery Park, right? Just to get out and uh,
0: there you go, work you can the, throw it in for... the in the saddlebag.
2: Yeah. Work it for a half well, hour or so. Go up find the so. ice
0: in the parking lot on the south side.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and if you get some great motorcycle pictures, hey, maybe send, uh, send one my way. I always, like, look at that stuff. So.
0: All right. Well, we're going to take a break, but I want to let you know. Um, uh, I want to let Derek know, and I want to let all the listeners know, too. Uh, We've got some new music. It's kind of like a Christmas gift from our friend Richard Blair. Great. So when you hear the, uh, the bumpers here today on the show, you're going to be hearing some of Richard's new stuff. And uh, we always love that guy. He does great I tell music. you what,
2: his music is awesome. That really uh, really adds to the show here, too. So thanks to Richard, and uh, Merry Christmas as well.
0: All right, so we'll be back with uh, News Bites and then a read on the calendar after that, and then we're going to be talking about some gifts for Christmas, some ideas, that type of stuff, and we'll see you in just a moment. Stick around. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show.
1: Hi, my name's Dana. I live in Belfair. I ride a KTM 350 and a BMW, a 1200 GS Adventure, and a Harley. And uh, my favorite ride is following Sean. (music)
2: Back in the studio on the Soundwriter show, some great, great music there, man. thanks to Richard again. that sounded awesome.
0: I love that guy yeah I've known him for years, really you know, and he, he, he and I worked in l a together and then he moved to uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he 's got a studio outside of Santa Fe, and uh, he just makes the greatest music, yeah, and just a nice guy. And uh, hopefully we'll see a whole record come together by him. Basically, I have a whole record from him right now, but he hasn't finished the vocals or the keyboard. So that's that's a goal for 2016.
2: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Either way, the uh, instrumental stuff that he keeps sending us, that is the gift
0: that keeps on giving, right? Absolutely, and I hope he never loses his hearing like I did, Yeah, because if he had to mix tracks like that using uh, sight only, that's you know, I was thinking about it today, I I pretty much record this show and mix it down about 90% visually.
2: Yeah, it's a little tricky, definitely, but you do a great job anyway, so hopefully that uh, your hearing uh, sticks around at least what you have left of it. What I have left, Yeah. yeah. Now is that your uh, is that your Christmas wish or do you have some other items on your list that you might
0: be interested in? On my in? wish list? Yeah. I don't I never I never want anything for Christmas. You don't do that? Nah. Get everything you want, right? I mean, everything you need. people give me stuff. I mean, look at my house, man. I don't need anything. I, I know. I'm not a big gift. Too much junk, all right. guy
2: either, but but some people out there are and there are some new developments, some interesting stuff, some stuff here in the Northwest and, you know, throughout the entire motorcycle community.
0: So, um let's do news bites here, okay? Um I'll start off by noting that I put all the twenty sixteen Soundwriter dates up on social media now and they've been floating up in our Twitter feed as well. Um and these are all listed on Soundwriter with details about the events as we know them right now. God, I had this horrible dream last night that um we were doing a rally in a gorge. Right. And at the last minute Uh, Manny had to back out and we had to go to Costco and just buy gobs of food and make all the food and sell all the snacks and the drinks and stuff and Bruce and Connie and I are running around trying to figure out yeah, how, how to, much to buy. The
2: logistics and, on that. Oh, man.
0: But fortunately, it was only a dream, and Manny, uh, the plan is Manny will be there, and we'll have a uh, uh, ever-changing menu yeah. from Manny every well, day. Manny it's going to be great. different stuff. Manny was great. He's a, he does a good job. Yeah,
2: but if Costco wants to sponsor the rally... Hey! Let us know.
0: You know, we have had like water sponsors in the past and we need to try to hook up with like a local grocery store and see if we can get some water sponsored in. That's always nice for people to get when they arrive. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, talking to Rolfie Mugabe the other day and, uh, Snow Camp is going to happen again after the first of the year. That'll come up as a calendar item when we do the calendar in, uh, January. But I'm just flagging it for everybody who wants to plan on going now. So right. they, they mark that date. It's Martin Luther King, uh, Jr. weekend. And, uh, it's, it's always kind of fun. And it's usually about, I don't know, 60 to 100 people out there. Like minded fools freezing in the cold. Well,
2: give us little details on what this is. So, obviously, you're in January, so it's going to be cold, but what is the mission? I mean, what are people doing? So, the mission is you,
0: uh, if you're going to do like a real man, you ride. Right. Uh, And some years it's so warm you can, and it's not a big deal. Some years it's freezing cold. Uh, you get out there friday or saturday and then on i think it's on saturday everybody mm-hmm. uh makes the attempt to get up to sunrise at mount rainier not sunrise um paradise sure at the at the the uh visitor center up there and some years people make it up there on bikes and some years they don't it uh, just depends on how much snow there is. Does this
2: attract, though, the, the dual-sport crowd or guys in uh, yeah, the three-wheelers or a little bit of everybody? It's
0: been a lot of, like, the BMW crowd, both yeah. both, both dual-sport and sport touring. Sure.
2: Well, that makes sense. Sounds You're like, not
0: going to see a whole lot of Hayabuses out
2: there. You're not <laughs> going to see a whole so. lot of
0: road kings out there.
2: Yeah. I but, wouldn't. Uh, uh, I'd be a little hesitant, I guess, to take my Hayabusa out there anyway, but... Sounds like a fun time anyway. I usually just keep mine in the garage all the time. Keep it down there. Tires off the uh, pavement and (laughs) oil change twice a year.
0: Uh, here's here's one that came up the other day from Harold uh, down at uh, Giant Loop in Bend. Yeah. He went to the local Costco so and picked Costco, up on yeah. them selling Husqvarna motorcycles at the Costco store.
2: Now, now here's the obvious joke. Is it a four-pack? Ha, ha, ha. But what is, the, uh, what is the details behind this?
0: So I've been to Costco when they've been selling scooters yeah. or they've been selling electric scooters, usually like no-name brands. Right. In fact, the— in Washington State, the Dealers Association lobbied against that happening unless Costco had a partnership with a dealer who could handle the servicing and a lot of times even the that's delivery of the yeah. bike. So uh, that's actually what's going on at down at that at that Costco in Bend is they're doing this as a joint venture with Procalibur. Motorsports. Okay,
2: there. yeah. And those were some guys that were down at uh, the Seattle International Motorcycle Show, right? Pro Calibre, I think they had a yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. They're, yeah. So they, ha- you know, they have three stores. They yeah. have uh, the store in Portland, the one up in uh, Kelso or Longview, and then the one down in Bend. So uh, it's interesting to see it happening. I'm wondering if they're – I didn't get a look at what year those models were. I'm wondering right. if they're unloading some old inventory, but either way – I like progressive stuff. You know? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think give it a shot. Get it in front of people. See if you can move some motorcycles. I've got no problem with that. What do you think? Uh, do you think this would represent, though, maybe a trend? Do you think some more of these warehouse stores are going to try to roll that out? Will we see things like uh, you know, Royal Enfields or Hondas in the Sam's Club? Or
0: Fatboy. Fat I've seen Boy, a lot of yeah. Fatboys at Costco, but right. they weren't Harley-Davidson's.
2: <laughs> no, I think uh, <laughs> the others, they either work or shop there, right?
0: So, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like I say, it may be a, a way to unload excess inventory. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's going to become a trend. I think it's just going to be something you see now and then. Any idea on what the
2: price point was? Did you see some discounts on there? I didn't see or? that. No. Didn't notice. It would be interesting anyway.
0: So, uh, then there's some new bikes that you got all excited about and posted up. You got excited about the uh, Ducati 399 Scrambler. I did, yeah. And you got excited about the XSR900.
2: Right. Yeah. Everybody's
0: excited we're actually getting that bike in America. Yeah. So that's going to be a cool bike.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, styling-wise, anyway, a few similarities, right? I mean, the 399 Ducati Scrambler is obviously obviously a scrambler labeled as such, but I think the X uh, XSR900 kind of has some similar features there.
0: Looks like a flat tracker to me. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. But, you know, I like to see anybody take a power plant and just – pump it into five or six different models yeah that that power plant's been into three models now
2: and i mean yamaha's known for having some pretty reliable engines there as well but i thought they both looked great i was probably a little more excited about the 399 cc uh, Ducati Scrambler, I think that would be a great entry level bike for a yeah. lot of people to get started on. So I think that's a smart move by them.
0: People used to think the monster was an entry level bike. But you know at six hundred CCs, folks, that's not really an entry level bike.
2: I wouldn't think so. I mean, would you, and we, I think we've talked about this before. but I think uh, if you're under five hundred CCs for maybe your first what eighteen months to two years, you're probably.
0: Eh, or 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 is it every is it like your first five thousand miles? Or, yeah, I mean or, you can make that argument too. It's uh, you know, and and it's it's it depends on the rider. Of some course, people yeah. pick it up faster than others. That's true. For some people, they they do it for a hundred or two hundred miles, and it's enough for them to know not to ride a motorcycle. That's true, and that's not a bad thing either.
2: No, we want those people off the road. In fact, yeah, and we'd like those people not to drive cars either.
0: Now another bike that I saw come up on the radar the other day just by browsing the manufacturer's website i've heard nothing about this bike i've seen nothing in any of the feeds we get honda's doing a vfr 1200x so it's an adventure bike
2: yeah you know i saw a little bit about that which is uh pretty interesting considering that the honda africa twin which is 990 CCs, is also going to be rolling out on the costco shelves near you
0: <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, that's not going to happen, but uh, but I thought it was odd that they would pop this VFR twelve hundred in the same year yeah. as the Africa. Why not just let the Africa Twin get the spotlight? And and they could hold that one more year, although I'd have to say, I think Honda's kind of been getting their butts whipped for 15 years with all these BMW GSs that have come on the market. Yeah. And they're just kind of playing catch-up in the adventure market now. Because
2: outside of the, I mean, straight dual sports anyway, the uh, XRL, right, the 650, is it pretty much remained unchanged since, I think, the mid-90s.
0: No, since the 80s. Since the 80s, yeah, really. Yeah, because my NX... Uh, 650. 650 yeah. has got the same motor that's in the XRs now.
2: Well, reliable, and parts are readily available, it I is. guess. So that's yeah. a good thing. Then of course, the NC700X, which, with a little tweaking, can kind of be made a little more in that direction. But, yeah, kind of shocking that the 1,000cc, 1,200cc, which is kind of left to BMW for a while there. And they uh, they certainly made hay while the sun shined, right?
0: Yeah, and then Yamaha got in there and did one. Yeah, we yeah, still haven't tenor, seen right, yeah. uh, Kawasaki do one Um Uh, Suzuki has their 1,000 Versus, which is kind of close, a lot closer than, say, the... Right. Uh, so I said, the V-Strom, uh, yeah. Yeah, V-Strom. Mm-hmm, it's yep. a lot closer. Their, their V-Strom is a lot closer than the 1000 Versus. It's yeah. not really much of a – I wouldn't really want to take that off-road. I don't have spoke wheels on there or anything. So. Yeah, I
2: wouldn't think it would be ideal for that. I mean, I think you're sticking with more of the DR650 in that route. But uh, we'll see what happens with Honda. I mean, I'm always happy to see development, particularly in that genre there for adventure touring. But I'm still I am a little confused why they would do that on the heels of the Honda Africa twin, which I can't imagine anybody, very few people anyway, buying uh the twelve hundred VFR over the um over the Africa twin, can you? Is it gonna go
0: new? Uh, I think it's gonna be two different customers. You think so? Yeah, I, th- I think I think the twelve hundred X guys are gonna go are gonna be more of the road riders. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna be a lot of the heavy duty in the dirt. Certainly not single tracks right, and it has yet to be seen how well the African twins are going to perform on single track
2: well, I think it's pretty well known though throughout the community that if your bike mentions adventure in the advertising or in the naming that then you are an adventure bike rider, so
0: whatever that means right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought I got, I got a friend he does a location search for um, different uh, agencies that provide say like a three minute Chevy Silverado commercial to Chevrolet. yeah. And so um, I thought, you know what? We we need to go and jump on some of these agencies and uh, scout out the locations and bring it to them and have them pay us for scouting all these locations and create a Honda adventure series. Yeah three, four-minute commercial that they can run on their website with all these fantastic views that we have here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you know, it's one thing to see a canyon wall, right? but then all of a sudden up bounces a little white toehead mountain at 12,000 feet. You know, there's a lot of cool shots around here. A lot
2: of diversity, too. I mean, you talk about the high desert out in Idaho, even through into Washington a little bit here Mm -hmm. in Oregon, and then the mountains, the coastal ranges, really some of the best riding on the planet. I mean, we say it all the time, but it's true.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, and speaking of all those beautiful places, um, you will if you had enjoyed the dam tour in the past, this was a uh a grand tour set up by Steve Folkstead about ten years ago, and uh the idea was that you were given a list of dams to go to. And a couple of years later, we crafted our own cafe-to-cafe to cafe tour, which it's a little easier to eat at a cafe than eat the concrete off a dam.
2: I would think so, yeah.
0: So, uh, so Steve did it for a long time, and then it got a little bit too much for him, and so he kind of put it to rest. But uh, a woman down in Portland area now is resurrecting the dam tour. So you guys who like to do the cafe-to-cafe to cafe grand tour, I know that some of you used to do both. So you could do both again in 2016. Which would be great. You know, this is
2: the first that I'd ever heard of the dam tour. And I guess thinking uh, about it here a little more geographically, there are quite a few dams out here in the Pacific Northwest, aren't there?
0: There are, but it's interesting because uh, also there's a lot of dams that aren't here anymore, like, uh, like the Elwha Dam. sure. And there's several down in Oregon that have been pulled out. There's another one. The Northwestern Dam has been removed down in the Columbia River Gorge. So, um uh, we're, you know, if you do a dam tour one year, some of those dams might be gone. Yeah. A couple of years later,
2: you go back the next year and you say, "Well, I'll be damned, it's gone."
0: All right. Um. See, last and not least, um, we've had some great growth on the show. Yeah. We started this back in January. Right. This is uh, we've been doing this every month ever since. And now in November, uh, we got into iTunes.
2: That's right, yeah.
0: We got into Google Play, and we're into uh, TuneIn as well. Yeah, we're worldwide, baby. So we're uh, we're out there. Yeah. You got friends who got subscriptions on any of those? Tell them that's where they can hear the Soundwriter show. And uh, if they don't want, if they don't have subscriptions to any of them, they can just go to soundwriter dot com backslash show and and listen to it there. Yeah,
2: right up on the site. Every month we update it there, so.
0: All right, we're going to take a break. We have uh, some more interlude with Richard Blair, and we will be back with the calendar.
2: Hi, this is Brendan Ferrer from South Sound Motorcycles, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show.
1: Hi, this is Carl. I live in Yakima, Washington. One of my favorite places to ride is northeast Oregon because there's nobody out there.
0: Alright, writers, we're back with the Soundwriter Show. This will be the calendar section, but before we go into that, I'm just gonna um, clarify something. Um, when I said that I mixed the showdown mm-hmm. and that I'm as deaf as I am, I actually I used my cat right to mix this, the showdown. And anybody who knows my cat, either one of them, Dana or Fox, but I use Dana. Uh, we'll also know that she is also deaf. Yes. So, uh, you know, we we, we we do the best we can. That's sure. all I could tell you.
2: Yeah, it's uh, DJ Dana Deaf, I think, is <laughs> what she goes by.
0: All righty. We got some calendar stuff coming up here. Have you got the calendar on your deal right there?
2: I do. I'm looking at so, it right okay, now. Okay, so yeah.
0: uh, we've got the, the – um, The garage party coming up at uh, Wild Horse Harley-Davidson. What's the date on that?
2: So that's going to be on the 4th here, and that's down in Bend, Oregon here. And uh, it looks like it's actually the women's garage party at Wild Horse Harley-Davidson. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: So, guys, you're not getting in there. That's right. (laughs) That's just the
2: way it is. But down at Bend, Oregon, anyway, so if you're in the Oregon area, you want to go check that out. That's just coming up on the 4th, so uh, really soon here into the month of December. God, hard, to, hard to believe it's already December, you know?
0: And, you know, that's Wild Horse Harley-Davidson down in Bend, Oregon, so if they want to lead the way, they might be able to get some of those uh, uh, Road Kings into Costco next yeah. to the Varnas.
2: Now, you know, actually, that might be pretty, uh, pretty competitive branding there, I think. Costco and Harley-Davidson would be a match made maybe in heaven.
0: Up here in uh, Washington State, the Star Chapter number 428 is doing their annual Santa Toy Ride, leaving out of Adventure Motorsports at 9.30 on December 5th.
2: Yeah, so just down in Monroe, Washington. And, of course, this is that time of year where we start to see a lot of these type of events. events. Uh, and also make a note here that all vehicles are welcome. So if you're going to go and donate, uh, just keep that in mind that uh, though we encourage you to ride your motorcycle down. If the weather is good, as we talked about earlier, you can certainly drive down in your car with the family. So just keep that in mind.
0: Um, also, on the fifth, lots of stuff going on on the fifth. Yeah. Um, ornament painting experience at Rattlesnake Harley Davidson. And this is out in Kennewick, huh? Yeah, out yeah. there in Tri Cities. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to see all you. Big guys with a leather vest on in there painting your ornament. That's right. <laughs> because yeah. it's too cold to ride, you Brush gotta do something. Uh
2: huh. And you gotta so. make sure you know, just like your motorcycle, you have to make sure that during the wintertime you exercise your leather vest too. So you have to find a good place to wear those too.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe you could do is like get your little bell that you hang off the bottom of the bike.
2: Yeah, and take that in and paint that up too. I think that sounds like a a winning suggestion there. If you're gonna be out in the Tri Cities area.
0: If you're not in the Tri-Cities area, but you're over in the Seattle area, um, the uh, or Olympia, I guess we would say, the sure. 38th annual Olympia Toy Run. Um, make sure you take a look at the website on this, because although it's called the Olympia Toy Run, I guess they've had so many stuffed animals over the years. Mm-hmm. There's a statement that I ran across the other day saying, please do not bring stuffed animals animals
2: yeah well i don't think uh do kids still play with stuffed animals i mean you can get your digital version now right well if they don't they should because (laughs) it's part of your development well i guess i can't uh completely argue with that but it just says here too to make a note that a new unwrapped toy or ten dollar single or fifteen dollar couple uh donation and the note there again please do not
0: donate stuffed animals there you go there you go you got it all right uh, let's see. And then on the 6th, and that's a Sunday up at North Cascades, Harley Davidson, um, they're doing a, uh, performance workshop tech seminar. So if you're thinking about totally farkling your Harley, uh, this is probably a good seminar to go in. This is no charge. First five people that go get a free gift. Uh, they're going to have lunch. And, uh, I, I, you know, if that's something you want to do in 2016, it sounds like a good seminar to head up to.
2: Yeah, always get a jump start on that. And it looks like December here, the month of Harley-Davidson, huh?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also the month of Pitchers with Santa. Of course. So on the 12th, you can either go to Northwest Harley-Davidson, Rattlesnake Harley-Davidson, or Westside Motorsports and get your picture taken with Santa.
2: I tell you what, if you're a motorcycle rider and you can't get your uh, picture taken with Santa on the 12th, then uh, you know you got some serious issues there because he's all over the place.
0: Well, if you don't believe in Santa, I, I don't know why you wouldn't by now. I mean, he's going to be at those dealers, and then on the 19th, he's going to be back at Rattlesnake and at Destination Harley-Davidson.
2: You know, I knew he always had a soft spot for motorcycles. So, guy he, works one day a year. I mean, come on, he's got a burn his time somehow right
0: yeah you know what i read too in the paper today and this made me think about santa was uh that some guy down in fresno was going to try to break into somebody's home just as that person was ready to light their fireplace so they did light their fireplace and the guy started yelling in the chimney yeah and the fire department came and broke the chimney off and got the guy out but he died and i thought why has this never happened once in the history of santa
2: yeah you know that's some serious timing there i guess uh I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. That's quite <laughs> – not sure what it has to do with motorcycles specifically, but uh, an interesting tidbit anyhow, right?
0: Yeah. Um, More on the
2: story, stay out of chimneys. <laughs> okay.
0: If you love the flat track racing, you're going to have to go to Puyallup. Um, Mickey Fay will be doing it again on the 12th. And uh, you can link out and get all the details from our calendar page. Uh, It's kind of interesting because I thought, well, whatever happened on the flat track racing at Grays Harbor and all this stuff? So I started typing in, like, Washington, flat track racing. Nothing was coming up other than uh, Mickey Faye series. Interesting. Uh, I didn't do my homework on Spokane yet. I'll do that. But uh, it does – you know, when I go to Mickey Fay's and watch the flat track racing – there's a lot of people there. Yeah, there's, there's several hundred competitors and then another several hundred people watching. Really? Several hundred competitors, huh? And it seems like they've kind of just all amassed into Puyallup for Mickey Faye series because there's nowhere else to, to go do it. But we'll, we'll do some more homework on this in the winter.
2: Yeah, and, of course, if you're listening and you have some other uh, flat track racing, let us know, right? Soundwriter events, or or uh, the calendar,
0: rather. Absolutely. We'd love to we, know about we it. We want to put so. them in. And I've uh, been working really hard on getting the calendar amped up for 2016, and if you look at it, it looks really healthy right now. Yeah. A lot of stuff is posted up already, and uh, if we don't have your event posted up, we want you to send it in to us. You just use the form right on the calendar page. It's that easy.
2: Yeah, and of course if you're a rider and you're looking for something to do, make you ch- make sure you check in frequently there because you'll find a lot of great nuggets all throughout the region here, you know, things that just pop up you never would have thought of, but we'd certainly love for you to go out and enjoy some of the festivities. Yeah, here. try
0: something new for 2016 for yeah. sure. Um when we come back, we'll be discussing gifts for loved Writers. That's right. The riders you love. Long awaited. Well, geez, so uh, then you need an excuse show. to go out to the dealer. You need an excuse to shop with Soundwriter. We're going to give it to you in just a minute.
1: Hi, this is Ray Crapo from Icon Motorsport. You're listening to the SoundRider Show.
0: Hi, I'm Brian McMorin from Peachland, British Columbia, Canada. And one of my favorite rides is from the Ravenna Curves between Moser and the Dalles. <laughs> segment here, we're going to be talking about holiday gifts, and uh, you know, we were talking last month about the lack of chili cook-offs. Yes. Dealers, and I I thought, and there's all these uh, get your pictures taken with Santa thing. Right. So I'm thinking maybe it would be a really cool idea next year. You can't do it now. It's too late. Everybody's got their plans made. Yep. But you, you do the chili cook-off at noon, and everybody comes in and has a lot of chili, and then you do the pictures with Santa at uh, 2 o'clock and kind of blow Santa out.
2: That sounds like a dangerous <laughs> work for Santa there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, well, so uh, it is uh, a good time of year to make it out to uh, the dealerships and look for some gifts, whether they be uh, stocking stuffers or larger items that go under the tree or the menorah or whatever it is that you do.
2: I put everything under my motorcycle for the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Roll that into the living room. Maybe I could like weld a menorah to my gas tank. I think that'd be pretty cool.
2: Now, is this the bike that has the leaky gas tank, or is this the other one? Uh, yeah, oh <laughs>
0: yeah, and then I'll open up that petcock and fire yeah, it. there you mm. go so Joyous uh derek times. what do you what do you got for us for uh some gift ideas this year? Sure, so the first thing I want to start out with here
2: and i I'm a little sparse on the details here, sorry, I kind of lost it, but there's a, a new showy helmet that's about uh, twelve hundred bucks it's all carb- carbon fiber. All decked out. But the reason I bring it up is because I wanted to ask you kind of something here. Now, a $1,200 helmet, right? Yeah. What do you think is the appropriate helmet cost to motorcycle cost ratio? Oh,
0: trick question.
2: Well, let's just do it here because I have a theory that I think it's about 10% up to a motorcycle cost of about, uh, you know, $12,000. But for instance, I paid just over two grand for my motorcycle. My helmet cost 200 bucks. What about you for the NC700X? And you're, you're an Arai guy, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. the NC,
0: when I bought it, the list price on it was uh, $7,000. Uh-huh. And I've got an ride and it ran me about 700 Okay. So I guess that's probably true. Yeah. And so, like, if you get the, the BMW uh, K16 GTL, right. uh, you, then you'll be spending uh, $3,500 for a helmet? Well,
2: that's what I think. It drops off at a certain point there. <laughs> that's what I think. You know, it's a theory. It's a work in progress here, but maybe something that uh, the the helmet manufacturers can tap us, our crack research staff here, and we can.
0: Show well, we were talking about the lack of new products in the market earlier. Yeah, really sparse. And bars. i, I got to say, in, in the helmet category, we're going to see a lot of innovation coming up here between noise-canceling helmets, yeah. between these helmets that Bell is doing where they actually custom fit to your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think there's some tricks up the sleeve of that showy carbon fiber, too. Uh, there's a lot of development that's going on in helmets that's good for everybody.
2: So. I think so. You know, and that's one of those things, too. You don't realize like how even you know, a couple ounces here or there can really uh, weigh on your fatigue throughout the day when you go on a long ride and that kind of stuff. So if we can see some stronger, some lighter helmets, that's always a good thing, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what do you got next?
2: Uh, so next I've got kind of uh, a, you know, a little cheaper gift, not quite a stocking stuffer, but a company called William Max that makes inserts – for your saddlebags or for your panniers, uh-huh. right? And they're cooler inserts. And so they're about 35 bucks. And,
0: uh, and you say they're cooler inserts? So yeah. you mean they're insulated? Yeah.
2: So you can just drop them in. And, and then, then it, stick your gin in? Yeah, you stick your gin in. Or if you want to go and get some frozen meals or bring some steaks along, you know, if you're going to go out for a nice little weekend ride or something, I think,
0: hey. Oh, yeah. You on. think this would stay, like if if you did a frozen dinner, you think it would stay below 32 degrees? In, in uh, I think it'd get you there, yeah. Huh.
2: That'd be all right, though, right? Don't you think? I mean, you strap on your cast iron pan, you go out to the campsite, and you uh, bring out a couple of T-bone steaks. I mean, that sounds like a good afternoon to me. (laughs)
0: Our our, our way, the the packing light, packing right way around that is to go buy your T-bone steak on whatever day you're going to eat it at about 4 o'clock at the grocery store and head to the campground.
2: You can do that, but if you want to go deep, though, I'm not talking about joining a bunch of yahoos at your local KOA, no disrespect to KOA, but... I'm talking about getting up in the woods, you know, some alpine camping. You get on your adventure bike. You get there. You set up camp. You break out that cast iron pan, and bam, you start frying up a nice, thick New York strip or T-bone right out there in the woods. Yeah. Hey, speaking of cast cast iron pans and
0: shaving some weight off. Yeah. Well, there's a way, huh?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, this would be a weekend trip. This isn't for for long-term touring there, but, you know, something to consider maybe. Okay. Well, it was kind of a neat one, anyway. Hey, it's thirty-five bucks. You know, who knows? You use it for whatever you'd like, anyway.
0: Now, does it have like a insert position where you can put in like a frozen piece of, uh, you know, how they have like those ice blocks now that you can use over and over again? Does yeah, it have that in it.
2: So they don't. It's like exactly what it looks like is kind of a almost like an insulated messenger bag. Okay. Right. So you just you open up your. Uh, is you're, it
0: one specific size?
2: Uh, it's kind of a universal fit, so it's soft, right? Does it morph? It does morph. Okay. Yeah, so you just open it up, you drop it Oh, so it's it like in. a
0: neoprene, like the, like those wine bags kind of thing? Almost
2: like that, but it has the insulating layer there, so okay. it's going to keep things cooler for a little bit longer.
0: Huh, I'll take a look at that. Yeah,
2: so I mean, it's kind of a neat thing. It's like 35 bucks. It's floating around out there, Willie and Max. Might be a good time, something to run out for one of those easy, kind of relaxing weekend ride trips. It might be good, you know? Bring yeah. along some good food so you're not stuck with uh, just trail mix.
0: Oh, I love trail mix. I, I really like that article you did, too. Well, then
2: refrigerate your trail mix, I guess, right? So You
0: did a really nice article on those five products to take on when you're going on a, Thanks, on yeah. a ride. But with all the Northwest uh, businesses in there. Uh, if If nobody's read that, I'm gonna leave that up for December so people can see it. It's a great article,
2: yeah, and just to kind of give people an idea what that was is the traveling food that's manufactured and made here by companies in the Pacific Northwest. So some really, really tasty stuff that will last for for days. You won't need refrigeration for it.
0: So. No, and it got me thinking, you know i could I could wake up in the morning and have a sausage stick for breakfast along with some nuts and some dried fruit. And yeah. seriously, I could call that breakfast,
2: yeah. And it's a pretty balanced breakfast, and kind of the benefit of that stuff is, too, on some of those colder moorings when we're up in the alpine conditions, yeah. you don't want to uh, spend a lot of time putzing around camp. You're kind of anxious to get into your gear and get no, going. It takes so. a long
0: time to heat up a cast iron stove up there when it's like 40.
2: Well, it depends on, you know, you've got a little gasoline in there in your tank, you just uh, siphon some of that out, you can get that thing heated up in no time. <laughs> Not recommended, but... What's next? Uh, So the next thing I've got here is uh, it's a backpack from a company called Chrome Industries. And now this is uh, set up for kind of somebody who might be a daily commuter, a short-term commuter, you know, someone who rides just a couple of miles but doesn't want to keep, you know, all their luggage and that kind of stuff on. the cool thing about this is it's got great styling, but also it has a setup, the back sleeve for it anyway, has inserts for tools and that kind of thing. So you can bring together mm. you know, your basic toolkit. You can keep it on your back. So if you live and work in a downtown metropolitan area like I do here in Seattle, one of those things where you don't have to keep your tools on the bike, right? You can chain it up. You can take your backpack into the office with you, but you still have those basic things in case you need to get at something during that short commute.
0: Okay. And yeah. when we're when, when talking tools in that case, we're talking like tire repair stuff and simple stuff, not like entire level Two service type. So tools, it, it has it's
2: it's pretty good. It has some slots for like wrenches and screwdrivers and that kind of stuff. So you could do some some decent maintenance there. Now it's not going to have a spot for you know like a uh, an electric pump or anything like that. But you get the Sound Rider tire repair kit, maybe a couple of wrenches and a screwdriver in there. And you know if you're yeah. only commuting less than say ten miles, something that can at least limp you home, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So kind of a cool yeah. setup there.
0: Interesting you one,
2: know? and good styling, like I said. So if you are uh, fashion conscious while you're going back into from work. Uh, maybe something to consider. Now, the next thing I had on here was the uh, the 399cc Ducati Scrambler, we kind of talked about that. But if you are uh, in a fortunate enough position to get somebody to buy you that for Christmas, I say, all hands on deck.
0: Yeah, don't tell them you, you don't want it right. if they're already willing to give
2: it to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you know, because you can figure out something to do with it, I think. but It's uh, good to
0: have a toy bike. And uh, we, we've talked about this before, my friend Jim and I, about maybe just buying... I remember one year, Greg and Jim and I all individually discussed buying a toy bike and yeah. just sharing it between the three of us, which probably becomes something of a, of an insurance nightmare. But, you know, like a 399 how often are you are going to use it? If you shared it between two or three riders, um, you would probably get used a decent amount. Yeah, I think so. Now,
2: you guys, when you were talking about that, that was in the summertime. You guys were talking about the CRF, right? The uh, Honda. We
0: were talking about either... Either getting some of these new 300s. Mm-hmm. Jim had, ended up getting the KTM 399, dude. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, uh, and, and Greg and I never got in on that. Sure. But, um, you know, it's just, and then if he wants to go and do a track day with it or if somebody wants to commute around or whatever, you know. It's uh, it's a fun little toy bike. Yeah. Well, the thing
2: that I think I want to highlight here for people is this just goes back to just sort of advertising psychology. If you're going to ask a loved one for a motorcycle, you want to make sure that the CCs end in a 9.9 because that makes it seem like it's much more affordable. So 399 CC or, you know, 299, I just think they're more likely to buy on that. So.
0: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> instead of like an 11.99. Well,
2: no, 11.99 would be good too. You just don't want to go straight <laughs> 1,200 or, you know, that seems a little too expensive.
0: If you get to 1199 let me see, do, do the math on that. Okay, so the helmet should be 1300 I think. Okay.
2: There you go. See, all kinds of other stuff we're learning here in December. And then uh, the last thing I've got on the list here. Now, uh, I'm not a golfer, and I know that you're not a golfer either. But there are some people out there that are. And a company called DV8 has made a, an entire golf set, which basically has, uh, I think, one shaft, but all the heads that you can fit in a backpack. And on their website, one of the advertising uh, sort of photos that they use is a guy riding his cruiser motorcycle to the golf course. Wow. Uh, with golf clubs in, uh, in tow right on his back there. And um, the really, I think the reason that I bring this up is because we aren't golfers. Something that is great about this is if you're an apartment dweller, too, this will actually fit in the trash chute. So when you go and play golf and you realize how miserable the game it is, you can get rid of the clubs.
0: Now – would there still be room for your golf shoes? Or are you going to have to wear your motorcycle boots around on a golf course for 9 or 18?
2: I think that you'd want to wear your motorcycle boots. I think it's such a nice fashion statement out there.
0: Yeah I, w- yeah, I want to see a whole star chapter go out and shoot golf with their motorcycle boots on for yeah. at least nine holes.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Boots yeah. on and, um, you know, maybe helmets, too, just There's in case another, it gets another dangerous. one of those
0: videos that needs to get made. Man. All coming soon here anyway, right? Well, I have a list of stuff, and I'm going to um, uh, take advantage of the fact that the things that I'm going to talk about are new items that we've added into the Soundwriter store. Yeah, and uh, we were, as I mentioned before, we we were talking about the lack of innovation that's in the market right now. Sure. And as small as some of these things are, we try to be innovative. Um, the first wing, the first item is our Soundwriter Easy Key. Mm-hmm. which makes it easy to access your motorcycle key and not have the weight of your other keys pulling on the ignition of the of the motorcycle. Yeah. So you just put you just put your ignition key on one end and then you put all your house keys and mailbox and all that stuff on the other side. And when you need to get to the key after you've mounted your bike, you don't have to reach in your pocket to get it. So that's the first one. Um The new... I'm sorry,
2: I'm going to go back to that real quick. What inspired the Easy key to add that to the store?
0: I've been doing the system for like 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) I thought, you know, I don't know why I don't... uh, I need to put this into the store. Yeah. So I sourced out the the key rings and I sourced out the S-miners and put the kit together.
2: And it's a uh, great—it's kind of a great stocking stuffer item too, right? Exactly. Yeah, if you're just going to look for somebody, small
0: is not going to kill you. It's twelve bucks.
2: Yeah, you throw it to you know one of your friends. You know, get them uh, the easy key ring, and then kind of show them how it works. But a great setup and a
0: hot seller too. Yeah. Um, Another thing we added to the store recently is the locksmith kit um, for removing broken keys, Mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how many times I've encountered someone at one of my rallies or someone on a trip or whatever that broke a key off and if it's in the right place uh it's a pain. Yeah. A lot of times it requires getting a locksmith on site to pull the broken key uh, then, they, then you had to get to pay for them to cut you a new key because you didn't put one in your pocket. Right. And on and on and on. And it gets expensive. So, uh, having a locksmith kit and a spare key in your pocket will save you money and a lot of hassle. And a
2: good thing, too, if you're a frequent group rider, right? It only takes one or two of your guys yeah, to Yeah, it's one a lot of those of items.
0: Just one person needs to carry it.
2: And I would mention that this whole kit would fit into something that is much like one of those old little black film containers right yeah it's a little longer than that but it would yeah yeah i mean it's It's about
0: about twice the height yeah and even smaller space than that but yeah well it'll fit like into the sleeve where you might keep a spare key right so you keep your spare key in your in your jacket yeah because you always want it on you not not in the luggage. That would be ideal, yeah, just in case you do. And it'll fit right in there with it. And that's where I put mine.
2: Yeah, but a nice little setup there. And uh, those are really affordable, too, so kind of a unique gift that you could give to somebody.
0: Absolutely. And an easy stocking stuffer. Yeah. Um, the new Outdoor Research Helium 2 rain gear has been popular. Mm-hmm. I talked about this product at the BMW uh, National and got a lot of response from people, so we put it in the store, and we're selling a few here and there. Yeah, and uh, good good news is that OR has been keeping up with inventory. So we originally thought we might be able to get these for a month. But um, we've been able to get them continually. Uh, the, basically, what they are is probably about half the size of typical motorcycle rain gear. Yeah. And shed water really well, super lightweight. You could wear the jacket on the inside right. of your jacket, or you could wear it on the outside. Either way, um, it's not cheap, but t- when you give up, when you when you free up all that storage space – and you have the agility to put it on inside or outside. Uh, it's it's a nice product. Yeah.
2: Well, a couple of things that I kind of want to talk about here. One is uh, Outdoor Research, the local company, right? Yep. So something to keep in mind for again for our listeners is that they this is rain gear designed here in Seattle. Yes, this isn't Rangier gear designed in San Diego, right? So this no, and is the, the majority
0: of things that uh, Outdoor Research designs is designed for technical ice climbing and yep. rock climbing. Yeah. So it has to endure those yes. situations. Now, of course, you come off the bike with this on, you're probably going to tear through it. But yeah, but uh, just for normal everyday wear, when you're out there in the elements, that's what it's designed for.
2: Right, it's heavy duty stuff for real, real outdoor adventure too. So it's something that you can you can rely on. The second thing I kind of want to bring up on that point is why do you think that we don't see all that much in the way of sort of rain gear? I mean, is it because it's built in for motorcycles? Is it built into the jackets? Is that the
0: assumption? Or? Over the years, that's yeah. what's been happening is the manufacturers have been building these layered jackets right. and oftentimes putting that Gore-Tex layer on the on the interior. Yeah. So then the jacket, it, it uh, soaks up water. And all that water gets in right next to your interior self right. and starts drawing all the heat off your body.
2: Cools you down in a hurry, yeah.
0: So uh, I'm a big proponent of always having a rain gear on the exterior. That way you're able to continue your insulation inside.
2: Right. And it's great for touring, too, because you might run into those other, other things where maybe you, you know, park the bike at the hotel or you're at a national park and you decide you're going to go for a hike in the morning and it's raining. Yep. Uh, you don't have to put on your motorcycle gear to stay dry.
0: And an extra layer on the outside when it's cold out yeah. helps to insulate as well, it or even if it's does. not raining. right? So
2: It absolutely does. Good-looking stuff, too. So check yeah. that out in the Soundrider store.
0: So the folks over at uh, Cedar to Summit had come up uh, about a year or two ago with a product called the X-Pot, mm-hmm. and now they're doing sets of them. So we added the sets of the X-Pots. These guys are uh, – imagine a pot where all the edges are accordion-like. So when you push them down, it turns into just a flat, Piece of material. Right. It has a metal bottom on it and all the sides are heavy duty silicone so you can cook with them. You can boil water in them. You can do whatever you need to do cooking wise, but when you pack them up, they pack up super small. Right. So we were talking about your cast iron skillet.
2: Yeah, when's the cast iron X Pot coming out? That's what I want to know.
0: Well, you know what? I I did my homework on this and found out that uh, a whole X Pot set Mm -hmm. weighs less than an eight inch lodge cast iron skillet.
2: Kill it oh i would imagine by much right it's got to be and easier to store yeah, it's got to be a lot different yeah
0: so you really want to amp your game up that's that's the way to go good it is stuff.
2: yeah for the for the normal touring stuff that's that's certainly a good tip but i'd, I'd like to see you try to cook a steak in there uh,
0: another good stocking stuffer always annually perennially is uh, Nick Wax. Yeah. So we've uh, this we've time of year got the store squared away in the Nick Nick Wax department. The glove proof is there. The uh, leather products are there. The textile products are there, and uh, they make nice stocking stuffers. And you know that's something
2: that when you apply it, like it, uh, it really kind of brightens your day because you think like, oh, whatever. You know, this eight dollar treatment. It's not going to do anything, but it brings the waterproofing back. You don't realize if you've had a jacket for two years. How much waterproofing you lose? Oh a lot. And then you put this nick wax on and you go out and it's misting. I mean, not even a rainy day, and all of a sudden you start seeing it beat up on your jacket.
0: Now that's the idea. The product will shed water. If you have leaky seams, it will not fix that. You need to fix those leaky seams some other way. But if you just want to shed water, that's the way to do it.
2: Yeah. But look a lot of people who buy an expensive jacket up front. That does have good construction. This is something that will keep you in that jacket for many exactly. years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's a good way to condition the things that you have and and you can use it on your Wrangler too. Yeah. So uh, last one is not in the store, but I think it's a really cool thing that's available here in the Puget Sound, and you could – Drive up from Oregon or Idaho or come down from Vancouver, B.C. or whatever and experience this. And that is uh, maybe uh, consider giving your fellow rider a few hours with Jesse over at Truett. Yeah. And either you can get some one-on-one riding skills work in with him. Or you can actually do some maintenance together on your bike with Jesse there, sort of overseeing your maintenance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Jesse is uh, not just a very knowledgeable guy, but an excellent teacher. Yeah. right. So worth every penny of the time-wise that you spend spend with Jesse. He shares all his yeah. wisdom.
0: He's very somber. I, I don't know what you could do to piss him off. He's just so nice. No,
2: I don't think that there is anything you <laughs> could do.
0: Maybe not come
2: and learn from him. I think I even be,
0: called his dog a boy, and it was a girl, and they still didn't get it, really mad. He
2: didn't so. didn't mind it. But uh, you know, it's one of those things too. And now, does Jesse is this something where if? Uh A motorcycle buddy and I wanted to stop in for maybe three or four hours. Would he take both of us at the same time and kind of – I think
0: he probably would. Yeah. You'd have to work it out with him, but I think he'd probably do a session at an hourly rate. And if it's you know two people or three – if it's going to be more than that, he's probably going to want to do a a separate type of session. He also does like groups. Sure. And it's a different deal when he does a group. But uh, But a
2: great guy, a friend of the the rally and uh, this November issue, last month's issue – uh, we do have a nice article up about him, too. So if you want to learn a little more about his services, yeah. check out SoundRider.com, and you can always uh, search for Jesse
0: Murphy in the search and box. We'll keep that up there for the December issue. Yeah, go check it out. Um, all right, that's that's our uh, sort of discussion here. We're going to come back with uh, with our tip for the month, and we'll see you in a moment.
1: Hey, this is Benny with Langlands Leathers, and you're listening to The SoundRider Show. Alright, my name's Sean, I'm from uh, Bremerton, I got a KLR650 and a Goldwing and my favorite ride is uh, anything that involves dirt, uh, especially if I'm on the (laughs) Goldwing.
2: Judy on The Soundwriter Show. Thank you so much, fellow writers, for tuning in once again to this December broadcast here. Now, Tom, what are your thoughts on the tip of the month this month?
0: I think we've thrown out so much information in the show.
2: Yeah, there has been a lot. So maybe maybe I can offer up a tip then. Okay, go ahead. My tip is going to be to listen to this broadcast twice because there are so many damn tips in this broadcast that you're going to need to at least tune in twice to digest it all.
0: Exactly. Well, I want to say happy holidays to all our listeners and riders. And I really had a great year with everybody, and we're looking forward to a great year next year with all of you. And we'll see you back here after New Year's.
2: That's right. A happy holidays and a happy New Year's. We're going to see you in January, just coming up in a few weeks. Until then,
0: don't ride
2: like my mother. And do not ride like my mother either. Again, happy holidays, folks. We'll see you in January.
1: The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.